My name is Coach Joey Solowitz. I'm a certified health and wellness coach, and this is my unsolicited advice. Welcome to Unsolicited Advice with Coach Joey. I'm Coach Joey. I want to talk to you today about a word that I think about a lot, hedonism. Do you know what the definition of hedonism is? Well, neither do I, as per the dictionary. I suppose as I'm sitting in front of my computer, I could look it up, but I'm just going to give you my best go at defining it. The way I personally define hedonism is a personal effort to fill a hole inside of you through the consumption of something that can never actually fill that hole. It does not have to be relegated to any one thing. You can hedonistically purchase goods, toys, electronics, cars, homes. You can hedonistically smoke cigarettes, hedonistically consume alcohol, hedonistically consume food. The point is, hedonism is an effort to fill a hole that cannot be filled with that which never had a chance of filling that hole to begin with. And it can destroy your life, which is why I think a lot about it. A topic I've debated internally for as long as I can remember is the true nature of happiness. Particularly, what contributes to a person's overall net happiness? Is it having a lot of nice things? Going on cool trips? Some mix of having stuff and experiences? I'd like to break down my take on the hedonistic treadmill as it pertains to overall happiness. So let's get started. When I graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2005, I was driving an early 90s model Chevy Lumina. It had a single spinner on the rear passenger wheel because I was a baller. Do you remember what spinners were? Those things that made your wheels look like they were spinning even when they, you weren't actually moving? Yeah, I had four. Three of them fell off, leaving me with one, but I kept it on. I purchased that car for $900 from a college friend. It was an old car, but it ran perfectly and never failed to get me to and from work and school, which honestly at that season of my life was about all I needed it to do. And interestingly, as a near 40-year-old man at the time of recording this podcast, I now recognize again that all I really need my car to do is get me to and from where I'm going. But once I graduated and got my first big kid job, what did I do with my awesome Chevy Lumina? I traded it in for a bigger and better truck, of course. Let me explain. Upon graduation, I had been a server in a restaurant and I was promptly promoted to a management role. I served tables through school, Going into the management role was a natural progression. When I saw that job offer, my job dropped. 40K a year, two weeks paid vacation, and benefits. Damn, at 22 years old, that was it. I was big time now. 22-year-old hotshot ready to take on the world. And what does every 22-year-old entry-level manager need? You guessed it, a $35,000 truck. I rushed to the nearest Nissan dealership, traded in my paid-off Lumina for a brand-new Nissan Frontier, or as I affectionately now call it, a boatload of vehicle debt, summing up to half of my monthly income at the time. But the buying didn't stop there. Within four months of graduating, I also traded in my $400 a month rental room for my sister for a $1,400 per month interest-only mortgage on a new condo that I split with a friend. Another must-have for the penniless new professional, a home. If you have a brand new condo, you have to fill it with stuff, so I hit the next logical place, the Lazy Boy store and the Best Buy store. I bought everything in sight. To fill that house and to make sure that my new truck looked as cool as it could look. Do you see the trend I'm describing? If not, here it is. The acquisition of stuff ruled my initial post-collegiate years. Within a year of graduating college, I had somehow accrued nearly $250,000 in debt for stuff, 
including my truck, my condo, and a variety of other cool stuff I bought that I'd lived without for years before, completely happily, by the way. This continued for me for a couple more years, that one day I decided to sell every last thing I owned and move to Europe, Azores, Portugal to be specific. Interestingly, I lived in the Azores for about a year devoid of any stuff. I mean it when I say, I sold off my truck, I lost my condo, it was the 2008 financial crisis, I sold every last thing that I owned. By the time I moved to Portugal, all of my belongings boiled down to a traveler's backpack and a duffel bag that I carried with me across the Atlantic on that first trip. Interestingly, I lived in the Azores for about a year devoid of stuff and have some of the best memories of my life from that year. But within a few years of returning home, I once again had acquired an unruly amount of things. Why? Why on earth would one be so driven by the acquisition of more stuff? Does it make life better or result in an increase in net happiness? The answer lies in the hedonic treadmill that you heard me mention earlier, otherwise known as hedonistic adaptation. Simply explained, this expression describes the natural tendency of a human being to return to a baseline level of happiness after a very positive or negative change. For instance, I would go buy a new gadget and it gave me an initial rush of happiness, but after a period of time, that rush wore off, leaving me with little net change in my overall happiness. Seeking further temporary boost in happiness, I would go buy something else, and so the hedonistic treadmill perpetuated. There's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to live a comfortable life, and to do so, there are basic human needs that must be met. But I would argue that many of our relationships with acquiring stuff have far superseded the basic needs for survival and therefore do not result in a net gain in happiness. If you have unlimited resources and buying power, then perhaps it's no problem for you, but I don't fall into that category of buying power. Therefore, I feel compelled to dive deeper into my own hedonistic tendencies and how to transition them into more sustainable mechanisms to increase my net happiness over time. Let's dive into a few of my learned lessons on, the, on hedonistic adaptation. Money doesn't buy happiness, but not stressing about how to pay the mortgage certainly helps. I've seen both sides of the economic spectrum. I've been a struggling entry-level manager trying to feed a family of three on peanuts, and I've been a successful entrepreneur with no concern about paying my bills. And presently, probably somewhere in the middle. Both ends of the economic spectrum come with trade-offs. However, one thing I've learned to be true is that there is a baseline standard of living needed in order to maintain an equilibrium and net happiness. It's pretty hard to be happy when you don't know for sure if you're going to pay the mortgage next month. These self-help gurus that spew catchphrases like money doesn't buy happiness, they clearly have never gotten to a Friday night and not had 20 bucks in the bank to buy a pizza for their wife and kid. While I can admit that the five-star dinner really is just for show and doesn't contribute to a net gain in happiness, being able to afford to treat the family once in a while and know that the bills are still going to be paid at the end of the month month is a must for me to maintain a baseline level of happiness. Here's the next lesson. The latest and greatest gadget is a waste of money. Hear that again. The latest and greatest gadget is a waste of money. Part of the hedonistic treadmill is the rhetoric that we need the newest, latest, and greatest stuff. For instance, I used to be the guy who bought the new iPhone every single year. Truth be told, this didn't contribute to a net gain in overall happiness. The changes on the each individual iPhone, or any phone for that matter, are incremental at this point. There's absolutely no value in upgrading from an iPhone 13 to an iPhone 14. The new tech gadget or thing quickly just becomes a normal part of your life. The way that new phones or gadgets are marketed makes it sound like your life will improve tenfold by sheer virtue of owning them, but the reality is at the end of the day, you're still holding a newer version of a device that connects you to your loved ones and the rest of the world. The microsecond of speed or the few extra pixels in the camera really don't contribute to your net happiness in the long run. The next lesson, I will take experiences over stuff every day of the week. 
My family and I started prioritizing our income towards experiences such as travel a long time ago. We make it a point to live a lifestyle that's more invested in experiences than in stuff. While the new phone or fancy car quickly normalizes into part of your daily routine, an experience shapes you. Experiences such as travel have connected me with people and cultures that have opened my eyes to new ways to approach life once I get back home. Those experiences compound in such a way that have evolved my character and interactions with the world around me. I'm yet to have found a tangible thing that I can buy in a store that I can say the same about. Sure, I enjoy having tools to perform better at my job, like the laptop I'm recording this podcast on, the microphone that's in front of my face, but ultimately I look back on the experiences that shape me with vivid clarity. I can't say the same about the iPhone whatever that I bought four years ago. Here's the next lesson. Seek knowledge. When we seek meaningful experiences, knowledge and an enhanced ability to apply wise reasoning to your day-to-day life follow closely behind. This accrued knowledge and ability to reason can directly translate into more skillful decision-making when faced with life's challenges. I don't know about you, but I've made some downright stupid-ass decisions in my life. I'll save that for a more lighthearted podcast later, but let's just say hold my beer was the tagline for most of my 20s and early 30s. While some of these stupid decisions resulted in the knowledge of outcomes I know I'd rather not repeat, I can say empirically that as I've grown my ability to make well-reasoned decisions, my net happiness in my life has grown alongside. Acquiring more stuff doesn't have the same effect. I can't think of a scenario where getting the latest gadget or newest car has translated me into making wiser decisions for my future. To summarize, Circling back to the year that I was in the Azores, the one I spoke about a little bit ago when I sold everything that I owned and showed up with a backpack and a duffel bag to a new country where I didn't speak the language, there was a moment leading up to my departure that has stuck with me. I had a storage unit filled with things from my condo, the condo that I had given up a year before moving, sofas, beds, desks, end tables, decorations, etc. Initially, I knew I needed to offload much of these items in order to move away, but at the onset, I was attached to my things and reluctant to let them go. Then I got rid of one thing and I felt the lightness that it brought me. By the end of this purge of stuff, I was left with a single duffel bag full of clothes and a backpack full of personal effects to my name. It was quite honestly the freest I had ever felt. I left for Portugal with my few worldly possessions and assured myself that never again would I be one to acquire so much stuff. Well, fast forward 13 years later, and I haven't quite lived up to that promise given that I own now a home in Portugal and a home in Arizona, each of which are filled to the brim with stuff. I look around my study right now and I can see 10 things I probably don't need sitting on the shelves, but it's okay because applying the lessons I outlined above, I know that I'm working each day to structure a life that's geared towards maximizing my net happiness over time. Once you have the basics, seek knowledge, seek experience, teach yourself to be satisfied instead of constantly seeking the next payout. As far as my experiences go, This is what leads to a truly happy and fulfilling life. So once again, if you want to get off that hedonic treadmill that you feel like you're running on right now, just remember these simple lessons. Money doesn't buy happiness, but not stressing about how to pay the mortgage helps. The latest and greatest gadget is a waste of your money. Take experiences over stuff any day of the week if you want to build character. And seek knowledge so that you can make expert decisions throughout your life that are going to lead you exactly where you want to be, which is to a place that more stuff could never take you. I appreciate you listening to this episode. You taking the time out of your day to take in this content means the world to me. I hope that you're finding value in this. If you are, 
please make sure to share this with your friends and family. It's the only way that my show can grow is if you, my audience, helps me grow. That being said, as always, I'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you found value in what we talked about here today, please make sure to subscribe to the show, leave a review, and most importantly, share it with somebody else who you think might enjoy listening. Thanks again.